Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. It's great to see you out uh, after Christmas. It's great to see you here in this time period between Christmas and New Year. If ever there was an excuse to be somewhere else, this is the Sunday that has it. But you've chosen, you've chosen, using your power, using your power of choice to come here to be in church, to be here in a place to worship God and honour Him. So no matter what else you do with your life, you've started at the right place in honouring God. May God bless you richly as we share today in this service. My topic today is finishing well. Finishing well. I'm so glad that God gives us years and seasons, day and night, in order to divide our life up. Could you imagine what it would be like to live with that toothache forever and ever and ever? I'm just thankful that one day I can get to the dentist and have it dealt with. I'm just thankful that when some problem comes along, I, I I get a chance to sleep on it or sleep without it. To, to see a period of time go through and, and, and then deal with it. And my, my life is divided up by day and night, by weeks, by months, and in this occasion, at the end of a year. So we wanna finish well. And we need to finish well because this year, this year is the prelude for 2014. The best is yet to come. We wanna finish well because the best is yet to come. So it doesn't matter how exquisite your year has been. It doesn't matter how difficult it has been. It doesn't matter how lively or how dreary it has been. It's gonna be an end of a period that we can celebrate and finish well so that we can look forward to the very best in the future. Let me just begin by quoting to you a couple of of, uh, sayings from people who are who are wise and we might look up to. Mr. Richard Nixon, President of the USA, said this, defeat does not finish a man, quitting does. A man is not finished when he's defeated, he's finished when he quits. The end of the year is not time to quit. The end of the year is not, except for your problems, the end of the year is not time to give up and put it all away and say, I'll park it until sometime later. The end of the year is time to look forward and go, go better. The thing about Mr. Richard Nixon is that he didn't follow his own words. You'll find that happens with man's wisdom. Mr. Bill Gates, chairman of Microsoft has said this, if I had some set idea of where the finish line is, don't you think I would have crossed it years ago? Uh, he can afford to buy the finish line. <laughs> Might even take up residence on the moon. He could probably buy that too. But in any case, he hasn't yet, with all his wealth, with all his influence, with all his personal magnetism and and attention focused on him, he says, I haven't found the finish line yet. He's still struggling. He's still in a query. He's still wondering where it's at. I want to tell you that the finish line is completely drawn when Jesus Christ returns. But until that happens, until that happens, We have occasions and we have opportunities to finish well in the season we're in and prepare for the next season that is upon us. We can finish well 
so that we can enter into God's best for the rest of our lives. A guy called Tim Tebow, for those of you who follow American football, not the quarterback, said this, I'm thankful for everything, all the blessings in my life. And I'm trying to stay that way. He's trying to stay thankful. I think that's the best way to start your day with thankfulness and to finish your day with thankfulness. Thankfulness keeps everything in perspective. Thank God for the air we breathe. If God tinkered with the amount of oxygen and air, imagine what would happen to you and I. If God tinkered with the amount of nitrogen, imagine what could happen to you and I. It, it wouldn't be a clever thing. But God has so set the world and staged the world that these things always remain. We need to be thankful for that. Yeah. Open your day with thankfulness. Yeah. Close your day with thankfulness. Thank God for getting me through this day. I don't care, really. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude to you, but I don't care if you've had a bad day. Thank God you're still alive. And while you're alive, there's the opportunity to see God's intervention in your life. So it doesn't matter whether it's been a bad day. I'm not that I want you to have bad days. I want you to have good days. But if you have had a bad day, if you have had some difficulty, thank God you're still alive. Thank God He has an answer for you. Thank God He can give you the strength to get through it and get past it. Man's wisdom fails often. Sometimes, like these statements I've read to you, he's on the right track. But I want to say this to you, the Bible always has the answer. The Word of God you can turn to and trust it. You can trust it with your life. You can put your life upon it. It always has the answer. And our scripture today is from uh, Philippians in chapter 3 and verses 13 and 14. And they read this way. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I have a simple Pastor Tony's three-point message for you this morning. The first point is forget the past. Forget the past. Forget from verse 13 what lies behind. I can tell you this, you cannot go back and change anything. Impossible. But it is possible if you allow it for the past to dictate how you live today. And as we come to the end of this year, it's great to have a sense of closure. It's great to finish well and say, the things that I needed to deal with, I have dealt with. The things that I needed to put to one side and, and, and lay to rest, I've been able to do that. Some things in life don't lay down that quick or that easy. You have to have wisdom. To say, I need to continue to work on this. I need to continue to persevere with this. I need to continue to adjust attitudes and I need to continue to adjust the way I am living to accommodate this circumstance or this situation in my life. But, but don't let the past rule your todays. Don't let the past rule today. Forget the past. It lies behind you. It takes faith to forgive. It sure does. It takes faith to release forgiveness towards someone else. But don't let your heart get caught 
in revenge or wanting to be vengeful. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and near the end of the passage about verse 28 or 29, it says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. You know, when I've met vengeful people in my life, in my ministry life, the thing that I've noticed about them, the thing that I've noticed about is they become twisted like a gnarly old mallee stump or tree out in our mallee area. They become really bent out of shape. It becomes a very difficult life for them. So don't let vengefulness take a hold. Don't let it grip your heart. Deal with it by forgiveness. You mightn't even feel too sweet about it, but say, I forgive you. I forgive that situation. I forgive myself for being the occasional idiot that I am. And you may laugh because you are too. Even when you forgive, doesn't mean you're going to forget, but somehow in the act of forgiveness, God takes the pain away. God takes the drive away. And in my life, when I have forgiven different people or different situations or circumstances, that's what I have found. I still remember them. I don't have big blanks or gaps in my life or in my memories, but I don't have a driving pain that twists me or bends me. If I'm going to finish well, I don't need some negative force pushing me. I need to be positive. I need to be strong. I need to allow God to work in my life. The third thing is here, is we need to be aware of our habit patterns. Does anyone have a habit? That made you look, did it? What sort of a habit has that person got? Well, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not even going to suggest to you what the habit is. It could be as simple as uh, not being able to walk past a Wendy's shop without calling by and having a Wendy's. And I don't know anyone who has that problem, really. Or getting past the jelly bowl in the back of the fridge. I mean, it could be anything. And I'm not here to pry in your personal business today. But what I am here to say is watch out for habits which are not producing a positive result in your life. Don't let them get a hold of you, twist you, upset you or take you. And the third thing, fourth thing is, if we don't learn from our past, we are bound to repeat it. I can look back and see situations and circumstances where I went wrong. If I don't learn my lesson, I'll probably fall into the same trap. Don't do it. Don't do it. I want you, I want myself to finish well because I believe that if I can arrive at the mouth at the beginning of the year 2014 in a fit state, it is a year of promise. It is a year of greatness. It is a year of excitement. It is a year of new experiences. It is a great year. The best is still before us. We can grab hold of it, grip it and get into it. It's still there for us. There's a little testimony I have. My father, bless his heart, uh, called me a name when I was a young boy. 
And uh, he said, we gave you the right name, son, Paul Benithan, PB, initials. He said, they stand for Playboy, not to be confused with the magazine. He said, whatever you start, you never finish. He said, you start in the shed to do something, you never get it done. You start to dig a bit of a garden patch, you never get it done. Playboy. And he would often challenge me with that word. And it got to the point where I felt a sense of hopelessness about that. It got to the point where it did, in fact, affect me and begin to bend the way I felt about myself. And one day when I was married and we were living in Tasmania at the time and I'd been out selling Amway. And I was coming home from doing an Amway meeting and I'm coming home on the drive and it's been a tough night. There weren't too many buyers because Taswegians are fairly conservative and they weren't into this new product called Amway very much. And I hadn't made many sales and spent the night there and spent half the evening there and whatever. And so I'm driving home and it's like God spoke to my heart and said, what are you worried about? What's, what's really concerning you? And I found myself answering, I said, I failed again. I didn't, I didn't complete the sale. I, I, I messed around and I didn't finish the job. Can you see that that thing that my father had said to me back when I was nine and 10 and 11 years of age was still affecting me? And God said, I wanna set you free from that. And my now, because I'm feeling a bit the pressure of it all, by now I'm starting to water up a bit and I've pulled my car to the side of the road. I said, what, what do you have to do to me to change me, God? What, what, do you have to, what, what do you need to adjust in me to set me free from feeling like I'm just a, a playboy, never finishing anything off? And he gave me this little verse. It comes from Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I do by the faith of the Son of God, who lived and gave himself for me. I wipe the tears off my eyes. I knew that God had spoken to my heart. I didn't fully, I didn't have angels visit me at that point. I didn't feel particularly changed as such, but I knew that God had spoken to me. I knew that I wasn't gonna be pushed by something from my past any longer. I knew that God really wanted to do a good work in me. Now, if God can set me free, to finish well, there's no one here that he cannot do the same for. Yeah, that's right. that's every one of you, every one of you have the opportunity to have this experience. The second point is focus on the present. In verse 14, it says, I press on, I press on. You know, we, we have to resolve as we come to finish well that we are pressing on. We're not giving up. A bit like Mr. Nixon said, you're only really finished if you quit. Never finish in life. Never finish. Keep learning, keep looking, keep exploring, keep studying, keep growing. Don't pull the shutters down. Don't close the blinds. Don't say I've gone far enough and that's enough. I'm not gonna go any further. Keep pressing on in every area of your life. 
in every arena of your life, keep pressing on. I'm even pressing out my belt just to see how far I can really <laughs> extend it. That was a, sorry, that was a, sorry, that was a poor joke. Sorry about that. Well, I kind of felt I should just for those of you who have really enjoyed a good Christmas, I should say that. But here's the truth. Here's the truth of this small point now. Focus on the present because now, this moment is the only time that I have control of. If you didn't worship and enter into the praise and worship about 20 minutes ago or a quarter of an hour ago, you can't go back there. That, that season, that time, that opportunity has passed. And I thank you right now because you're taking the opportunity to listen to me and as, as best as I can observe, you're listening quite intently. I can't see too many iPads or iPhones working too hard. I can't see too many children sort of turned off. I'm, I'm grateful for that. This is the moment that you and I have together. The moment for me to express something of truth that I've come to understand and the moment where hopefully I can enrich your life by you hearing it, but not just by my words, but by the Holy Spirit of God taking my words and putting them into your hearts, into your lives and changing you. That's what will make the difference. My, my words won't, but God will. But this is the moment we have. When we leave this place, you'll have a moment or two or three. You may have a whole afternoon to yourself. That's the moments. They are the moments where you can forgive. That's the moments when you can help others. That's the moments when you can just get on the phone and bless somebody. Just give them a call out of the blue. Bless someone. Just say, hi, I was thinking of you. That's why I rang your number. I was thinking of you and I just want to say hi. I haven't got any much more than that to say. I just want to say hi. God bless you. God bless you. Refresh their hearts. This moment is the time we have to give. These are the moments we have the time to pray, to learn, to grow, to do something, to change. These are the moments we have to practice something new something that's good, something that is, will strengthen your life, something fresh. Change some habit patterns. I always thought that someone said to me once upon a time, it took, takes three weeks, 21 days to change a habit pattern. Well, I did a little bit more research and it's actually a little bit longer. It's actually two months. If you practice a new habit for two months, for 66 days is the average. You will integrate that new procedure, that new discipline in your life. It will become part of you. 66 days. 66 days isn't all that long to change something in your life. And if you're a bit older here today, then 66 days are even more valuable to you and I than what they are to this side of the congregation. <laughs> Only 66 days. My little Henry, sorry, our little Henry, little grandson, 
He's about eight or nine weeks old now. He's barely made his first 66 days. He hasn't learnt yet he's not supposed to poop his nappy yet. He still does it. But he's got the whole of his life. You're spending your days, young people, mums and dads, you're spending your days, those of us who have entered into grandparent status have spent many of our days. I want to encourage you to make your next days really worthwhile. Finish, finish well. Don't finish half-hearted. Don't finish soft. Finish well. Finish well. Make use of that time that you have. When we were pastoring in Victoria, a man came forward as a, in response to a prayer line request one night and asked for prayer for his bleeding ulcers. He'd had them for some considerable time. They were a problem to him. Uh, they caused his diet, dietary requirements to be very regulated. Um, it, it, it really was a very difficult thing. It gave, him, gave, give, it gave him much pain and he struggled with it. He came forward for prayer and we prayed for him and God, praise God, God instantly healed him. It was a medically documented condition. He went back to the doctor in the, in the following week and the doctor did some tests on him and did some pushing around and all that sort of thing they do. And he said, oh man, you seem to be really good. You seem to be really good. He said, well, stay on a good habit, eating habit. Stay on a good eating habit and watch what you do and you should be fine. But you see, the problem, his problem wasn't, wasn't his eating habit. His problem was his, his mental and his emotional habits. For they caused this difficulty, this physical difficulty within his being. So he kept on with his physical eating habits, but he never changed his mental or emotional habits. About four or five months later, he was back out in the prayer line again. I said, hi, what's your problem? He said, my ulcers are back. I said, well, that's strange. If God took them away, he doesn't usually give them back. It says that he's taken our iniquities and our transgressions and taken them from us as far as the east is from the west. So we prayed. And I got to thinking about this. I thought, this isn't, this isn't right. So I, I, I made an appointment with him, went and saw him. I said, what have you done? What have you done? What are you doing with your life at the moment? What things have you adjusted in your here and now? And he said, well, he said, I still do this and I still do that and I still get really cranky over certain things. And I said, how have you tried to amend that? How have you tried to take steps to not let that happen? How have you adjusted your emotional responses? He says, well, I haven't. You see, our bodies aren't meant to take some of the emotional stresses and strains that we put them through. And we need to release those things out of our lives, out of our, out of our beings. 
if we're going to finish well, we don't want to be carrying a load of hurting situations in our lives that are breaking our hearts, attacking and attaching themselves to our, our spirit or our soul and affecting us emotionally and physically. We need to have a bit of a clean up on the inside. If Mel had changed his habits, then his life could have been different. The question that begs the answer is, here and now is my time. This is the day, this is the moment I have. Can I challenge you and say, what is it in your life that you are intentionally changing? And if you can't think of anything, and I dare you to take the test to say, God, is there anything that I need to allow you to change in my life? If you want to finish well to be ready for the best, you need to make adjustments in your life. You need to make adjustments in your life. And finally, the third point is that we need to have faith for the future. Verse 13 says, forgetting those things behind, I'm pressing forward to what lies ahead. What lies ahead for you? What lies ahead? Well, for this section of the audience, some of this section of the audience anyway, a boyfriend and a girlfriend, engagement, married life. For perhaps back across this way a little bit more, some children, maybe some more children. So I swing my eyes across this way. Maybe oh, a few children through there, but maybe more grandchildren. What lies ahead? Do you know, I can't tell what lies ahead. We have seven grandchildren. I do not know whether we will have any more or, or I do not know. I do not know. What lies ahead? The thing that I can look forward to is that my God is already at the end of my aheadness. And He knows the end from the beginning, so I can trust in Him. I can trust in His promises. I can lean upon His strength. I can lean upon His directions. I can entrust my future to God for Him, for His intervention where necessary. It's where the promises lie. There's a beautiful passage of Scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1. It says that we have these magnificent and precious promises that as we, as we inculcate them into our lives, as we allow them to come and permeate our heart and affect our thinking, it says that we become partakers of the divine nature. In other words, we get to look a bit more like God. 2 Corinthians says it a little differently, but the same thing really. In chapter 3 and verse 18, it says that we are being changed by His Spirit from glory 
to glory to glory. It's God at work in us, changing us. I can trust my future to God because Jesus came to the cross and my Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the suffering and shame of the cross. He took it for the joy that was set before him. Every person here this morning, one name that was not named on your birth certificate was joy. Because you as an individual are part of Jesus' joy. You as an individual have that name attached to your life. He says, you are my joy. It's because of you, it's because of you that I took the pain on the cross. I know it's Christmas, but Christmas has its purpose in preparing the Son of God in order to take away our pain, which he did and does at Easter when we remember him. When we come and we forget what's in the past, let it go. Let it go. I'll never forget the first time I saw Kath drop that baby when she just let it go. Wow. Because I'd become so intrigued with that little baby child, I almost thought it was real. She'd handle it so gently and kindly and in an instant, she let it go. If you let your past go, it frees you to deal with your todays and prepares you for your future. When we come to the end of the year, finish well, forget the past, work on your situation today and get ready for a great future in God. As we come to finishing well today, finishing well this year, finishing well in this season of our life, as we come to this close off time when everyone says, oh, great, New Year's Eve, a new year, wow, whoopee doo, it's all gonna happen. Make sure you're finishing well. Make sure you're finishing well. Make sure you're ready to make a breakthrough in your life. Proverbs 15 and verse 24 says this. It says, the path of life leads upward for the wise. The path for the wise leads upward. Second part of the verse says, so they may escape Sheol, which is a nice way of saying hell. The path of life for the wise leads upwards. You see, God has a promise for you and I. If we will finish with Him in view, He will lead us up. He will lead us away from the difficulties. He will lead us out of the problems. He will lead us on that journey that will set us free and keep us free. I have one final quote for you from a gentleman called Henry David Thoreau. He says, a truly good book teaches me better than I read it. 
I must soon lay it down and commence living on its instruction. When you read the Word and you allow the Word to touch your heart, you in a sense have to put the book down and go and live what you have read. Finish well. Finish well, saints. Finish well, church of God. Finish well, young people. Finish well, every person who's hearing my voice today. Finish well. Be ready for a great future, a great tomorrow. That's wisdom and finish it on. May God bless you richly as you serve and look to Him and finish well. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 